The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. On this Halloween, the countdown is on. The kids chomping at the bit to get out of school, to get out and go trick-or-treating and then be chomping on the candy afterwards. So again, as you're heading home, as it starts to get a little darker, a little duskier, just remember, you know, slow down a little bit, especially in those neighborhoods and, you know, those super busy neighborhoods as well where the kids are, are running about and, of course, you know, might have to have earmuffs. Earmuffs? Is that what you call them? What do you call them? What do you call those? Is, are they earmuffs? Are they called earmuffs? Is that what you call them? Yeah. Everyone's just looking at me and nodding. Are you, Jason, are they earmuffs? Of course they're earmuffs. Is that what they're called? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, they might have to wear them or a toque or something tonight. So so keep it on, <laughs> ma, in, ma, on, in mind. Boy, oh boy, it's like I've been into the candy already. Uh, we're talking, it's Halloween, so we've been talking about ghost stories. And you've been sharing some of yours. We're going to talk with a paranormal investigator after 3.30. Some of your stories just coming in. I wanted to read this one. Um, I, I love this story. It says, after my grandfather passed away, I inherited a collection of his pipes. Three of them I put on a coffee table in a pipe stand as a conversation piece. One year to the day of his funeral, I woke up in the middle of the night to get a glass of water. As I passed the living room, I could smell pipe tobacco, so I went in to see what it was. No one else was there, but when I went to the pipe stand, I found one of the three pipes was warm. I think Grandpa's spirit paid me a visit. I love it. I love it. Uh, We all experience fear, but few of us actually understand it. It usually happens when we feel unsafe or threatened, so we're told. Um, It's both instinctual and learned, and for some it can take over their lives, while for others it can be a source of excitement. You love it. Why is it so different for everyone? Well... Jason Tetro is the host of the Super Awesome Science Show, and this week he took a deep dive into fear, and he joins us this afternoon. Hey, Jason. Hello. Okay, do you like Halloween? Oh, I I love Halloween. I'm not so much of a dress-up person Mm -hmm. now, but I have done some fantastic costumes in the past, like the Blue Man Group. Uh, I went once as uh, the Grinch, the Jim Carrey version, with all the prosthetics and everything. (laughs) And uh, I'm probably not going to run for Prime Minister because one time I actually went as Morpheus oh. so okay. yeah it's going to kill my political career someone had asked me today if they thought because you know uh, you know the, the prime minister um over the years at Halloween um we know he loves costumes right yeah um this year it has been said that there will be no photo <laughs> like legit he will not be doing that so uh just just so you know I uh Halloween, for me, when I was a kid, I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. Halloween's never been a big thing for me. I know people who absolutely love it. They plan and plan oh, and plan yeah. their costumes, uh, and they they adore it. But I haven't worn a Halloween costume since grade 11. And yeah. the only reason I wore a costume when it was a really lame one, it was because I was the social convener on student council, and it was, I had to give out... <laughs> candies at, at uh, Halloween or at, at the school, Right. I grabbed a sheet and went as a ghost. Like, that's how lame it was. Like, I just, I know, uh, and I have not done Halloween since. But as mentioned, I love ghost stories. I love paranormal stories. And I, I love this topic, the science 
of fear because yeah. while I while I really like these stories, I don't like I don't like being scared. Mm-hmm. I don't like watching scary movies. Yeah. And you took a dive into this this week, uh, which of course you know perfect timing. <laughs> Why, when you're experiencing fear, yeah, what is what is that? And, and I, I'm guessing it's different for everybody, based on maybe things that have happened in their world. Yeah, well, it's it's a two-step process. Okay, and so the first step everybody experiences because it's an instinct. You essentially are in a situation that's either unsafe or threatening or unknown. When you're in that situation, you're going to have the neurochemicals that lead to fear. The second one is where we all differ. Okay. And the second is our reaction to the instinct. And some people will be able to be calm. Some people will panic. Some people will go through anxiety. And other people will essentially get into this very shell uh, mode where essentially they, they become, they turn off and they go away from everything. So when that happens, you have to decide, well, how am I going to react to this? And the only way that you can know is based on your previous experiences. So we tend to associate things with experiences. So if you happen to be in a situation where it reflects a trauma, that could lead to PTSD. Mm. If you are in a situation that reflects something that you used to have fun as as a kid, it could give you a high. And, and so the same fear that people experience that can lead to, you know, psychological distress may in some other people bring about incredible joy and jubilance because of their previous experiences and how they associate that. I know, I, I'm sure, I'm, I was just going to say, I'm not sure that you can answer this, but I'm sure that you can answer this, Jason. People are afraid of different things and some things mm-hmm. are... You know, okay, snakes or, I don't know, spiders, where yeah. other people aren't snakes or or spiders. Some people are afraid of dogs, which other people love. Maybe even mm-hmm. fish don't want to go into the water because there's fish there. Yeah. That is from an experience f- from when they were younger? From when they were younger or somewhere previous. They would have had an experience... And let's just say for dogs, right? Yes. If you were, say, a child and a dog either really scared you or bit you or something along those lines, you may no longer like dogs from that point on. You may have a fear of them and then try and avoid them or get away from them. But then that can essentially translate into other things. So if you see an animal that may not provide any harm whatsoever, such as a rabbit, but it automatically brings up a memory of a dog and that dog experience, you may actually end up being afraid of a rabbit or you watch Monty Python the Holy Grail. Either way, (laughs) you are going to be afraid of that rabbit. So it's quite complex, isn't it? It's incredibly complex. And and what's really interesting is the the people that we're talking with on the neuroscience side, they've really looked at the brain and how it lights up and the areas of the brain. And it's not just one little, you know, pea-sized part of the brain that's associated with fear. It's like everything Mm. is involved. So fear, in terms of the instinctual, like I said, everybody goes through that, but then how we react to that fear is essentially um, our brain 
the entirety of it and it's you know what we've experienced in the past one of the people that you're talking with uh, in this week's uh, podcast is studying this and i don't want to say it because i don't want to mess it up Oh, yes, the Neuroqualia study. What is that? So it's a massive international collaboration on neuroscience where they want to identify how the brain functions in relation to who we are as human beings. And there's a large group of over a dozen researchers that focus on fear. Okay. And so I managed to talk with the head. His name is uh, Jacob Raber at the uh, Oregon Health and Sciences University. And the student who's helping him to develop this, her name is Sydney Bo- uh, Weber Boutros. And they really give us an excellent perspective as to the neuroscience that happens when we experience fear. All right. So this is Sydney Weber Boutros, and she explains a little bit when we're scared what happens in the brain. Often what will happen when we encounter something, a stimulus, you know, say we're out working in the yard and we see the garden hose, uh, but it kind of looks like a snake. There will be a really rapid activation of the autonomic nervous system and our amygdala will come on board right away, indicating, you know, this might be a fearful, dangerous time. Then other brain regions, um, as a couple seconds go by, will start to mediate that big spike in uh, cortisol, our stress hormone, and uh, activity in the amygdala. So regions like the hippocampus and parts of the prefrontal cortex, especially a region called the anterior cingulate cortex, will start to interpret and integrate all of the information and help either calm us down by recognizing that it is a garden hose and not a snake. (laughs) Kind of clear as mud. Okay, (laughs) kind of clear as mud, Jason. Um, One of the guests, and it might have been, looks at the the side effects of fear and, and talking about seeing things that might not actually be there. Oh, my God, yes. This was one of the best interviews because we all know what it's like when we're in a dark place that we don't understand and all of a sudden we just start seeing things now i'm not talking about people who have had actual paranormal experiences i'm talking about things that you see that really don't exist it turns out that our brains are hardwired to actually get us to think that something is not there. It's called false agency detection. And I'm talking with Adam Tratner. He is out of Oakland University, which happens to be in the Midwest. Uh, Anyway, Um, but he's actually studied this. And what he ended up doing was he put people in a virtual reality environment where they were in a horror game. Yeah. Uh, and and all he did was he asked them to identify any objects or or uh, individuals that they saw. Almost everybody saw something. The trick was there was nothing there. Really? Yeah. There were less things to see than that Pokemon thing that happened a number of weeks ago <laughs> that wasted 24 hours of my life. But let me tell you something. The most amazing aspect of this research though is he tried to link up our belief and our, our, our experiences with the supernatural and paranormal with this part of the brain, okay. this false agency detection? Oh. Nope. Really? So if you're experiencing supernatural paranormal experiences, it could be as a result of the false agency detection, but in many cases, it's not. 
So we're still at a question we point, shrugging know. our heads, going, I don't know what's going on here, shrugging our shoulders and shaking our heads as to what ha is going on when we have these paranormal experiences. Jason Tetro is the host of the Super Awesome Science Show this week, exploring the science of fear. Um, why do people... Again, maybe you answered this and I don't quite understand it because I don't understand it. But the movies, people who love I going know. to movies and getting scared. Oh, uh, I know. What what is it? Is it is it a dopamine? Is it dope like is it is it chemicals? Is it a turns around into some sort of feel good chemicals in their body? You're gaming your system. What does that mean? That means that the instinctual is what you are giving yourself. That initial yeah. scare, right? Yeah. But you're in a safe place. You're in a movie theater. Oh. You're not actually on a campground where all of a sudden, ki, 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 ma, 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 is going to happen to you. <laughs> you are actually safe. And so what ends up happening is you get that huge, huge rush that would come with being scared. But there's no reason for you to actually have any memories that would lead to that, unless, of course, you've had trauma that's similar to, yeah. you know, Michael Myers saying hello. Yeah. Uh, so what ends up happening is people just get this massive thrill of being scared. And the person we're talking to, Glenn Sparks, he actually studies horror movies, violence, mayhem, and all this. And one thing that I found really funny was that Hollywood figured out that if you're going to have horror, classic horror, if you include comedy, you're going to increase box office sales. Yes. So that's why the latter Nightmare on Elm Street films were just absolutely hilarious, Include and also some of the latter Friday the 13th. And only now are we seeing this resurgence of the classic horror film because people are just simply saying, no, I want to have this out of me. Spooky. Jason Tetra joining me this afternoon. Let's take a break here when we come back. Um, want to just explore the link between fear, trauma, mm -hmm. and PTSD. Absolutely. Because there is a, obviously a, a connection there. Jason Tetra joining me in studio this afternoon on this Halloween edition of 630 Chat Afternoons. will join me in studio. She is a paranormal researcher, an author, a speaker. Right now, though, Jason Tetro, the host of the Super Awesome Science Show, exploring the science of fear. And when we talk about fear and fear memory, mm -hmm. so... And I guess fear memory goes back to what it is that scares us. Exactly. Right? That's what we were talking about yeah. earlier. Some of the bigger impacts or the effects of fear memory, though, is PTSD. Yeah. If we want to understand what that neuroquilia yes. uh, and, and other researchers who really are looking at fear in, in terms of the mem memory and how we can extinguish that memory, it really comes down to PTSD. We are finally at a point now where we can understand what is happening when someone experiences that trauma being recalled. And now what we're hoping to do is to be able to identify ways that we can treat that. Now, there are currently ways that are being tested at the moment, including one here at the Glen mm -hmm. Rose, uh, where it's essentially it's uh, an exposure to safe environments, much like we were in the horror films, 
but done in such a way that it helps to bring the mind into a much um, better place and hopefully that will help to extinguish the fear so is that like like confronting the fear but knowing that you're in a in a in a safe i mean basically so you're in a like let's say a safe room but you're mm-hmm. you're being confronted with that thing that has led to that trauma. Yeah, but you're doing it in very small doses, okay. right? So it, it's not like facing your fears yeah, like yeah. we see with uh, you know obsessive compulsive disorders or anything like that. This is slowly helping someone to replace what would originally be in a, a fear memory with something that is safe and calm and therefore hopefully not going to trigger. Now, is that going to work over the long term? We're not there yet. But it's nice to see that there are groups that mm-hmm. are working to try and find ways to be able to calm the mind. And what neuroqualia is going to do is figure out how those circuits in the brain work so that we can be more effective. Because there's differences. There's difference between calming the mind, let's say, with, with drugs, mm-hmm. uh, uh, meditation, all of that sort of stuff, and right. calming the mind with actually addressing what it is and getting rid of it. Exactly. And... This is going to sound a little weird, but when we're using uh, the drugs, what we're essentially doing is we're calming the chemicals. That's right, yeah. What we want to do is we want to combat the... uh, We want to remove the source. And that goes back to the concept of consciousness where we have the whole brain working together. So when we have a memory, it's not just, you know, a, a, a piece of DNA that's replicated. It's actually an entire chemical and electrochemical process that happens in the brain that makes us think of something. A little imprint. A little imprint, exactly. Uh, we call them engrams. Okay. And so the whole idea is to try and find a way to get those engrams to be erased so that we can replace it with something else. And unfortunately, um, it's not as easy as people may have thought. No. I mean, we can do it in mice and rats, but still a long way to go. But at least we're working on it, which is which is absolutely huge. Exactly, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about for our show is that we're having a lot of fun talking about fear, but all the science that we're discussing is going to have some value to people who truly need it both today and especially in the future. Uh, Jason Tetro joining me in studio. So if people want to hear uh, this episode of the super awesome science show, The Science of Fear, where do they find it? You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts, but Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, it's going to be there. Or you can go to CuriousCast.ca where you'll hear my podcast as well as all the other podcasts of the Curious Cast family. And let me tell you something, they're all awesome. Jason, thank you for this. Just because I have it here. Thank you for this. Uh, You have a great night tonight. Uh, Thank you. When we come back, Morgan Newton, a paranormal researcher, joins us in studio.